Hey everyone, today I chat with Chris Burkhard. Chris is possibly one of the most influential adventure photographers of our time. He has a following of over 2 million people on his Instagram and has seen more of the world than most people dream of seeing in a lifetime. Usually the podcast episodes are less like an interview and more of a conversation with me and the guest, but Chris had to get out of his Airbnb and off to his next film premiere. So due to limited time, it's a little bit more of a formal interview style. In this episode, we talk about his crazy work ethic, how he, how he manages to balance work and his life with his family at home, how he developed his photography style, and life on the road. Here's my conversation with Chris Burkhardt. Chris, thanks so much for joining me today. I mean, trying to make this happen for a while. You've obviously been pretty hectic in the last month or two with the launch of your new film. <laughs> Can you tell us a bit about what you've been up to in the last month? Yeah. So, I mean, we, we, we came out, we released our film and, and obviously I think the goal from the very beginning was, wasn't to just like huck it on iTunes, but it was to, uh, have the ability to kind of take it to people and, and do these intimate small screenings and, and, um, and really share the experience of being there. And so that's kind of what the, the last month is, has been, you know, for us, um, is been basically touring it. We started in New York at Tribeca and we're, t- we've toured it like, you know, almost the whole West coast. And now we're in Colorado, we did Utah, um, Canada, and we're going to be heading back to the East coast in, in New York as well. Yeah. Pretty crazy tour. I want to get into the movie a little bit, but first I want to talk about your work ethic, which as you just said, is it just seems nonstop. It seems like you're working 18 hour days. You're on a plane every second day going to another premiere. How do you manage the balance? Dude, it's gnarly. Yeah, I know. How do you manage the balance between your life and your work, which seem to have meshed into one big thing? <clears throat> well, I mean, to be honest right now, it's definitely not a sustainable pace. Um, it's so something where like, you know, I, I hope that, you know, time mellows out <laughs> as well. And, and, uh, but for right now, I kind of knew in the beginning that I, if I wanted to really see this thing through and, and allow it to be the best it could be, I'd have to put in the time to really, um, to really make sure it kind of gets, you know, is what it is and, and, and it all comes together. So that was, that was a little bit over an overwhelming thing. You know, I never really quite envisioned, um, <clears throat> excuse me, I never quite envisioned visioned like being able to having to spend that time and, and having to try to figure out that balance. Cause normally when I travel, it's not, it's not as much as people think it's just, I'm usually going to places that are a little more remote. Um, you know, every I'll be home for a month or home for two months, then gone for 10 days or five days or whatever. But right now it's kind of been this just chaos whirlwind of, of managing, balancing commercial jobs and my, my work with this stuff, which is more of a personal thing. So this film is not really a, a money-making endeavor, so to say. It's not like my business model. Yeah, and a so, bit of a passion project. <laughs> yeah, and so I've been having to really like kind of balance that out as well. And that balance between kind of 10 days traveling and a few weeks at home, has that always been there or is that new because of uh, your family? Well, yeah, I mean, that, that's a big part of it, you know, being home with my boys and, and my, my wife and stuff is, is definitely, I think what makes me the most bummed when I'm gone a lot is just, you know, not having that connection to place and connection to people. Um, that's, that's a hard one to deal with. You know, I really, yeah. I, I feel like I function the best when I'm, when I have the opportunity to, um, to kind of be surrounded by the people that I, I really care about and, and love. And then that's a hard, hard thing to manage, you know, especially when, you know, you, you kind of started your career just being gone all the time and, and there wasn't really a, 
it wasn't really a need to be home or anything. So that, that's been an eye opener. Yeah, for sure. I remember, I think it might have even been a year ago, you made a pretty important post on Instagram talking about your, the feeling that you have to constantly work and constantly create things and how you chose work over your friends in your younger days mm-hmm. and uh, lost touch with some people. Are you still kind of wrestling with that or have you kind of figured out a way to manage all that? No, I think that's absolutely a part of life. You know, it's just a, you know, a lot of times when people ask like, oh, I want to be like super successful. I want to, you know, I want to figure, I want to do what you do and this and that, you know, I cringe because I know internally that the sacrifices that it took for me to do it were, were really, was a lot, it was a lot of sacrifices and it wasn't like, they weren't like fun things to do. You know, I, mm-hmm. I wasn't really spending a lot of time with friends early in my career. I was out shooting alone a lot and, um, and, and that's okay, you know, because I feel like those, a lot of those relationships were, were, were important, but like, and some of them, I wish that, you know, I hadn't, I hadn't necessarily put to the side, but at the same time, I feel I've always found a, a greater sense of purpose in my work, um, and what I've been doing. And so that, that was really fulfilling for me, you know, and yeah. I got married, I got married young. So, you know, I had, I had my companion there and, and yeah, it's hard to, I don't know, hard to, hard to look back and say, I should have done it differently, you know? Yeah, exactly. I think it's kind of the grass is always greener on the other side. People can look back and wish they did something different, but your life would have been, yeah, completely different had you not put that time in. And uh, you seem pretty happy now. So, yeah. If you had a chance to like give advice to your 19 year old self, would you or were you happy with the learning experience? Hmm. Uh, Yeah, I think that's a really, really good question. Um, the, one of the things that I would say is that I realize now looking back is that, um, <clears throat> you know, most of the, the best photographs that I am, uh, that, I, that I've created in my, my work were when I stopped traveling for other people, when I stopped traveling to places that I thought my editors wanted me to go to or anything, it was more about when I started going to places that were, I was interested in and I was intrigued by. And, um, you know, and, and that's kind of like, you know, that's kind of one of those things where I've noticed that even like the photos that I sell still, like the photos that I still get have use for, it's all from places that I was more passionate about going to. Um, and so that's kind of been an eye opener. I would just say like to myself, I'd say like, you know, don't like, don't get caught up in doing things that you think are going to make other people happy or, or, you know, some formulaic process of making your career work. Like I think what we've realized now more than ever is that, you know, people can take unconventional paths to get themselves like where they need to be, you know, and that's yeah. kind of like the biggest, most important thing about our era, really. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. And if we apply that to photography, and let's say there's a young photographer on the come up right now, uh, what would that look like? Is that taking on less debt uh, and freeing yourself up to take the risk to travel and do your own thing or what? How, how's um, I would just say like not I would say like you know debt is a is a interesting thing I've always really tried to be, be debt free and um and I've always tried to live within my means and, and I've I, I really opted to not have nice expensive camera gear and stuff like that for many years in my life uh, and you know I for for wince a lot of that stuff because I wanted to just create um and I think that it's more a matter of just like not traveling just to travel and not going to places just for no purpose. Like, 
you know, I, I never traveled anywhere that wasn't really for work, especially in the beginning of my career. And I think maybe just having an idea or a concept or a, an, a, a mission like that you want to complete something you want to accomplish while you go to those places really helps to find some sort of a goal or some sort of a, a purpose there. And I think that like, if we think like that, then, you know, we won't accrue unnecessary debt going to places just to gallivant, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And you mentioned not having the most expensive gear. Uh, that's something I've been thinking about or not, not even the most expensive, but just a lot of gear, uh, with my film production company, I'll go into our closet and we'll have 10 GoPros there. And I find I actually, it actually might stifle my creativity to have all this stuff. What are your thoughts on that? I totally agree. I think that, um, I felt really strongly that, uh, that, you know, one, one of the most important things that we can do is to limit ourselves in the amount of stuff that we take and bring on trips, mainly because the more we have, um, the, the more, the more gear we take, the slower we move across the landscape across the place. And the more, uh, the more stuff we have weighing us down. And, and really it's like also that the less camera gear we have, the more intimate our connection with people will be, um, and, and that's a really important thing. So, I mean, I think that for me, like that's just kind of been a, a big, a big part of how I've learned to travel better and learn to, um, learn to travel more effectively as well. So that's, those are all kind of, um, you know, those are all kind of things that, uh, that I've, I just feel like I've, I've come with time. Like they're not, they're not nothing that you kind of can like just figure out immediately, you know? Yeah. No. Um, <clears throat> so, um, yeah, I found that in my early days too, I'd be out on a shoot that I'd always dreamed of going somewhere and I'm finally here, I'm getting paid to shoot it. And then I come home and I've realized that I really didn't absorb any of it personally. Cause I was so worried about getting the shots. Uh, right. do you, do you have any tips in addition to bringing less? Like how have you managed to actually enjoy yourself while shooting? Well, I think, like I said, it's small, it's using smaller cameras, it's using, using less gear. It's also just kind of doing the, the best that we can to, uh, to really be, um, to really not like be creating more space between us and our subject. And by having a smaller piece of equipment, not like a big, you know, DSLR with a, with a massive lens and a big, you know, like a professional looking camera strap and all that crap, like all that does is, is makes people feel threatened. And I found that, um, I found that, uh, you know, one of the, the simple things is just like, you know, when you use an iPhone too, people don't feel threatened, you know, that's just not something that, that is, uh, that is like uh, an issue, you know? So, um, I think that that's kind of the way that I approach it. You know, like we always like, like to look at people who are shooting with like smaller gears, like, Oh, they're unprofessional. But the reality is those people are probably having a greater experience and coming away with a, a, a bigger, better story to tell. Yeah, I totally agree. It's funny though, when you're, it's it's nice from your position. I'm not saying you're lucky because you worked for it, but bringing out the smaller camera gear, people know you. They know you're going to produce awesome stuff. But if you're young and you show up to a set and you have a small camera, it's just kind of awkward. Well, showing so. up to a set is different. Like I don't I don't go shoot a commercial job because I want to I want to come away with a story or to tell or an experience. Like I'm there to shoot right. for a client. This right. this is their job when I'm going and doing something that's editorial, like that, it's a matter of like defining the difference. Like I don't need to, I don't need to make a model feel comfortable. Their job is to do that. Right. But if you're going to shoot an indigenous culture, or you're going to shoot a landscape and you have to tell a story about that, or you're going to share something on social media. Those are all reasons and purposes why you'd, you'd want to, you'd want to do that. You know? Yeah. 
Yeah, that's actually a good point because not you don't necessarily need to uh, remember your time on set as much as you might. Well, I mean, what's the point? It's a job. A job's yeah. a job. Like you know, if you're going to do something for someone and it's it's a lookbook or a catalog or whatever, like you don't need to like come away with like a a life changing idea or feeling. Um, <clears throat> you know, if you want to, great. Yeah. Um, but just you know, that's just kind of yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to talk a bit about the timelessness aspect of your photography. Like you've done a really good job avoiding the constantly changing trends of high, highly saturated filters and fish eyes and stuck with your own (laughs) classic look. Uh, what, what are your thoughts behind that? Well, I think that I just, I, I, I got used to using certain pieces of equipment and you know, I've, I've seen a lot of trends come and go and I've always been kind of a little bit, um, a little bit more like on the skeptical side when I see like, like, you know, new, like fads in photography yeah. or this and that. Um, obviously I'm, I'm a big proponent of using new equipment, new gear, but I guess it's just like, you know, you learn to speak a certain language and that's the language that I speak the best. And I don't think that shooting with certain pieces of equipment is, is, has ever been really beneficial to my, to my career. So, so I'm, I'm kind of just like, I don't know. That's that's always something that I'm I'm thinking of. You know, is like how can I how can I produce better work with the, with the equipment that I have? And when I did my trip with the California Surf Project, which was a a 50 day road trip of California, I, I only had a couple pieces of gear, and I've always looked back at that as a really good like lesson in in having less. You know, because I made something cool out of it. So yeah, that's definitely the way that I've been leaning with my gear as well. I want to talk a little bit about the film now. I actually, I happened to be away when you were showing it here in Whistler, so I didn't get to see it, but I've heard a ton of reviews from people that did and everyone's loving it. Can you give us a bit of a kind of verbal trailer? Uh, yeah. I mean, the, the, the elevator pitch is that like it, the, the trip, the film follows six surfers in a search for, um, uh, on a, on a expedition to, to find a new wave in a remote part of, uh, remote part of Iceland. And during their time, they, they encounter the largest storm in 25 years. And the trip kind of becomes about um, their their sort of survival as well as um, kind of where that storm puts them and the circumstances that, that follow. So <laughs> that's that's kind of the, the quick aspect of it. Yeah. And obviously, when you're planning the film, you didn't see the storm coming and go to try and get these shots. That was something that happened kind of spontaneously, right? Yep, exactly. So how exactly. how did that unfold? It all kind of unfolded organically, and probably made the film just that much better, right? Well, I mean, yeah, that was like that was what made it everything. I feel like was sort of the that was kind of what made like the entire story come to life was the fact that we sort of submitted ourselves to to nature and figured out what um, kind of found out what we needed to find out and it was it was pretty awesome yeah yeah you, i mean i don't want to ruin it because there's so much yeah no so we won't do it but. we won't go too deep but uh you, you seem to highly value being uncomfortable like cold water long nights and just tough shooting conditions when uh, with with your name you could just be on a warm beach in bali all year uh yep why is putting yourself through these challenges important to you like how does that help you well, um, I think that it's it's just kind of a, a it's all experience based, you know. So you can't really tell someone who's never really experienced it um, that hey, this is going to be really worth it, and it's going to be the best experience. You know, it's just like one of those things. Um, it, it, you just kind of are like, well, this is the way I feel the most alive, and I think that um, comfort is really relative to 
you know, if I wanted to be comfortable, I would have stayed home in my bed. Yeah. Right. So that's kind of, that's kind of the whole point of like, you know, that's kind of the whole point of like why I think we travel is we want to become someone better than we left. And I think in order to do that, you have to, you have to put yourself through the paces. So, yeah. Yeah. I think it was in your Ted talk. You, you said pain being a shortcut to mindfulness. So like being in cold water, there's nothing but the present, which is, can be yeah. a hard thing to, to do these days. Is that, is that something that really helps you whenever you're feeling kind of burnt out from working too hard? These moments kind of bring you back into reality, whether it's a hard session, rock climbing or. Yeah, I think that's, that's the kind of the, the thing, the reason like even people run, for example, is like, it's hard to like think about other things than like your breath or whatever's going on. You know, um, when you're, when you're basically really focused on, um, on whatever you're doing, whatever pursuit that is. So that, that's kind of the reason that we do it, I think. And the reason that we look for opportunities like that, um, is just, just so we can, we can be in the present, you know, like, uh, I don't know about you, but like my day is filled with emails and phone calls and all kinds of crap. Um, and I just, uh, uh, I just don't think that we, we get enough time to really like focus in. So that, that amount of focus, that kind of like tunnel vision is a really beautiful thing because nowadays everything's robbing our attention. Yeah. It's kind of like a forced meditation just to put yourself in that exactly. headspace. Yeah. And when you're on the road, I know personally I go kind of crazy just having no routine. Is there anything that you do on the daily when you wake up to kind of make yourself feel at home on the road? Um, I try to do yoga as much as I can. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you just do it by yourself or do you find a class? Find a class, go to a studio or go climbing. Um, I think that finding some sort of rhythm while you're on the road is really critical because it gives you some piece of home, gives you some element of like being able to kind of be and feel comfortable, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I find trying to get some sort of routine going in the morning, but you're probably, I mean, right now it's a little different with your schedule, but when you're out shooting, you're probably getting up at 5 a.m. and starting your hike and stuff like that so it's probably pretty hard to find a routine right yep i totally agree yeah totally agree how much longer does the tour go for well there's no end in sight so. <laughs> no are you gonna take yeah. it out of north america um yeah we're gonna take it to europe and i'm going yeah. to iceland probably australia and everywhere else yeah so are you, are, do you plan on having some family time in between uh, North America in the next leg, or are you just going straight into I'm, it? I'm going to be going home on Friday, yeah, for about nice. six, seven days. So Yeah, you mentioned you I mean, have really... two kids at home, right? I do, yeah. I have two boys, um, a two-year-old and a four-year-old. It's, it's been it's a wild thing to kind of watch them like grow up. But, but at the same time, I just I, that's my biggest fear is missing out on stuff, you know, yeah. from them. If either one of them are kind of attracted to the lifestyle that you're living. Would you have any advice for them or would you kind of try and steer them in a different direction or just let them do their thing and figure it out? Um, you know, my, my only goal with being a parent is to, is to try and just instill in them the same values that I was given as well as just pass try not to do my very best to try not to pass on an inherent fear of the unknown, because that's yeah. like one of the most challenging yeah. things, right? Is that that's what we do a lot of it. Is we end up we end up kind of building this fear in them, and I don't know. I don't really know the answer to that, but I just want to try to make sure I don't do it. I guess. Yeah. So just keeping their mind open. I think you're totally right. It's 
a lot of people grow up with their parents' fears pushed onto them, and that could be as small as being afraid of spiders or uh, as big as not willing to try starting their own thing and just picking the safe route. Yep. Yeah. Um, it's at your level. I mean, you've got mass like over 2 million followers on Instagram and your works known across the world. It's pretty easy to become complacent when you hit a level of that success. How do you keep yourself so motivated to keep working this hard? Well, I think, like I said, you know, if I wanted to be comfortable, I would have stayed home. And when I grew up, I didn't have a passport. I never traveled outside the country. I was in a single parent home. And I think that the reality is that I, I really, I really had to work hard and I value traveling and it's something that I never want to take for granted. And so when I am gone, when I'm working, that's what I'm thinking of. You know, I'm thinking of my dad, you know, mowing lawns for a living and and being a landscaper. And that's like, that's a really humble trade. And I just, I just know that what I do is is something that I I love and I value. And although it's hard work and it's easy to complain at times, I want to always keep in perspective. Yeah. And a lot of people know you since you, you you picked up a camera full time when you were 19. Yep, exactly. What was your life like before that? Um, I was in high school. So yeah. it was it was girls and cars and all this stupid stuff. Um, yeah. And essentially, I think that, um, you know, for me, it was, it was obviously like I was, I was loved art and I wanted to be creative, but I didn't really have like a, I didn't really understand what that meant or how I would channel that. Yeah. And so, so, I mean, yeah, it was just kind of one of those things where like I, 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 I had a general interest in, in being creative, but it wasn't until I saw my friends out surfing and in the mountains and realized that if I kept with art, I'd be stuck in an easel with an easel in a yeah. studio or on a hillside. That wasn't really fun to me. Yeah. So you picked up photography in high school. Yep. Yep. And then all your friends and you are graduating. Was after high school. After oh, it was high after school, high school. Yeah. Okay. Was there much of a pressure to go to college for you or was it a no brainer to go full photography? I didn't go, to, I didn't go to college. Yeah, exactly. I, I yeah, it was, I've, I've had never had a desire to go to school, to go to college at all. But you didn't like, feel an external make... pressure from anyone? No. I mean, my mom, my parents wanted me to go. But you were just, because what I mean is a lot of, a lot of people find that pressure from their parents so overbearing that they end up doing it, but you were just no hesitation all in on photography. I just had no desire to, to live the life that my parents wanted me to live because if I, I would have, I would have been a lot different person. Yeah. Fair enough. It's, uh, it's that confidence. I, mean, well, is I don't, impressive, I don't, but... I don't want to, I don't, I don't, I didn't want to go and do make, you know, I saw all my friends, um, basically go and make decisions that were, you know, that were basically just, you know, they went to school for years and then they, then they never, never ended up using any other degree. And I was like, that's a waste of money. And the thing is I didn't have the money, you know, we didn't have the money to go to college. So it wasn't even an option. Um, um, you know, so the, ultimately I think that it was just one of those things where, you know, had there been a, a college education that would have given me the, what I wanted to learn, um, then it would have been, I would have been on, I would have done it for sure. But yeah. I, yeah, so, so I kind of opted for a different route, you know, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it was the right, right route at the time, but it, it just made, it's kind of made sense to me. Yeah. I'm sure you get this question all the time, but what are your thoughts, uh, in the world of art and school? Like, what would you recommend for, I don't know, a filmmaker or photographer, or would you not recommend anything and just pick your own path? Um, I think that I would, uh, if I could. I mean, it's so hard to say. It all depends on what you want to go into. You know, I think that if you were, 
if you were working in a field where portraiture and, and stuff like that was a really was a really big part of your life, then I think that the school would make sense, you know. But for me, it was kind of one of those things where I, I knew that it was going to be a little bit more focused on um, adventure photography, and and, and I, I so I kind of I just. I don't, I don't know. It's, it's a hard one to say like who, who should take what path. I was a really big fan of internships and educating myself by, by doing things. Um, and so that was kind of a, that was a critical part of my learning process. You know, I don't really exactly know how, you know, everyone else should, should go about it, should do it, you know? Um, but I think that's the key is that if you, if you aren't really, really like influenced by outside, outside sources, then it's a lot easier, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. A lot easier to stand out as well. Probably. Exactly. I just think it's like, it's, it's like how many, how, I mean, how many different paths would, would people take if it wasn't like, if they, if, if they didn't feel like there was some, something laid out before them, you know? Yeah. Um, like that, that's like, or a plan or like some, someone had like an objective or whatever, you know, like that's, that's always the thing that kind of kills me the most. It's like, you, you never really know where the path would take you if, if you didn't have all that, you know? Exactly. Yeah, I was talking to a marine photographer a couple of weeks ago. Uh, he takes amazing black and white images of orcas and massive whales. And he didn't uh, go to college either. And he's super colorblind. Didn't know how to set the white balance in the water. And that's how he ended up with mm-hmm. his photography style that is so unique and has taken him so far. So, yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, yeah it's pretty that's cool. insane. What's the future for you? Are you focusing on doing some more films or are you going to go back to primarily photography? I definitely don't consider myself in any way a filmmaker. That was, you know, I, I, I love, I enjoyed it, but I'm not, it's not my, it's, it's just a storytelling tool to me. You know, it's another way of, of being able to interact with people and share with them experiences. And so I think a big part of, of this for me is like, you know, if another opportunity comes up, I would love to invest the time and energy and money. But I think for right now, I'm just like content with what I'm doing and content with photography it's something that I, I love the most and and I've always got like a slew of, of, of things that I would love to do you know a, a bunch of a laundry list of um, sort of say of like you know potential projects but I think actually like seeing those things through um, it's a whole it be, becomes a whole beast you know and and that commitment of time and energy and and I'm especially now that I really learned about it after this project, yeah. it, it almost scares me. It scares me yeah, to think about yeah. how, what that, what that would take and what that would be like, you know, and not in a, it's not a bad thing. It's just that, it's just that it's overwhelming, you know, to be like, well, you know, do I want to invest another you know, two years of my life working on something and, you know, to see it through. And so that's, that's kind of the, it's kind of the, the hardest part, I guess, when it comes to those projects. Yeah. So you must find do, you have to doing them. Now. Well, doing them is easy. It's not, it's not, doing them is not the hard part. It's the, it's the seeing them through and making sure that you're actually bringing them to life. And that's, that's kind of what I'm having to sacrifice right now from being away from my family and being on tour is like that I get it, that I get to see this thing through to the end and like make people experience it and stuff. So, yeah. Well, you're uh, clearly a busy man currently zipping up his bags, leaving his, his Airbnb. I, I, I'm so, I wish I had more time. So Man, sorry. It's, it's like, all, thanks oh, so much. For, yeah. Thanks so much for hanging about today. The process. Yeah. Where would you like people to find you and where can we see the film coming up? 
yeah well the film's gonna be online soon right now um, we're doing kind of a worldwide tour and we're gonna be um probably trying to come back through the west coast or whatever but if you just go to the website of the film um under an arctic sky.com you can uh you can see where we be where, we, where we've gone and yeah it's a it's a really cool project that i really hope people have a chance to experience because i know we we kind of put so much time and energy and, and, our, and heart and soul into the whole thing so i guess i guess my my goal in the end is that people who see it they see it as a storytelling tool to inspire them to maybe in some way seek out experiences like this on their own it's not really it's not really something where we're looking for you know a pat on the back for a job well done but we want it to to rather inspire people to um to seek out you know ways that they can kind of make these things happen for themselves so yeah well i've heard amazing things and i'll definitely be buying it when it comes out on itunes cheers means a lot i'll send you a copy Cool, man. Well, safe travels. Thanks so much for your time. And yeah, we'll connect soon. Thank you, brother. And I wish I had more time, man. I, oh, I it's really all good. love Whistler and I want to get back up there. So Yeah, we'll connect time. next time you're up here. All right. Thanks, See you, Chris. Sir. See you. Bye. Thank you for listening, everybody. If you enjoyed it, you can head over to iTunes. Feel free to subscribe or you can check out the website. And we also post these podcasts on YouTube. If you enjoyed it, you can leave a review on iTunes and you can also subscribe to the monthly email.